about to race at you like Michael Phelps through Olympic water. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Trojansports.com podcast. We don't have a gun to fire this one off, but Adam, why don't you say it? Right now. Cock-a-doodle-doo, Bob. Oh, yeah. Direct from Rivals in Yahoo Sports. This, this is the Trojansports.com podcast. For a USC with Trojan Sports Publisher, Chris P. Swanson. Move it on. You love 33. You better cut that out, man. I swear. That better, I better not hear that on the podcast. You mean right? about the him doing that? Yeah, we broke down. The, the, okay. Beat reporter, Adam J. Maya. Here we go. Yeah. Best in sports. We start Marvin yeah. And yes. And yes. Your host, our very own Ron Burgundy. You say classy, San Diego. Reading whatever is on the prompter. Defense is Sua Adori Chalk by the end of the not, year, not by the way. Chalk. <laughs> I don't know. I said, I'll, I'll just read whatever it says, baby. I know. Ron. Chris Morales. It's a touchdown. It's the weekly radio show you need for everything USC. Is that your first joke? Really Follow Trojansports.com on Twitter at USC underscore rivals. The Trojansports.com podcast kicks off now. Now. The kids are back. Here is your host from the Yahoo Sports headquarters in Playa Vista, Chris Morales. As the man says, welcome into the Trojansports.com podcast. Tuesday, August 9th, 2016, Olympic fever is just flying through us. Not because of the Olympics, but because it is practice time. That's right. We're talking about practice. Five days in to USC training camp. And no better coverage than Trojansports.com. The publisher, Chris P. Swanson, is here, my friend. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, Chris Morales? I feel gold medal level today. Ooh. Speaking of bronze medal, Adam J. Maya is here. <laughs> Cobra! <laughs> you got me. There you go. You guys watch a lot of the Olympics? Nope, not one minute. <laughs> I, well, we've been we've been you've been busy. Practice. You've been busy. You, you're not going home at night and putting that on. Why not? Well, Why? They've been practicing every night. The yeah. last five nights, I've been at USC all day. There you go, Adam. I working really hard for sense. you, and all that coverage is at uh, Trojansports.com. If you don't subscribe, you gotta subscribe. We'll start that right out of the gate, and we're about to dive in. Busy show your questions from the message board. A lot of them, a lot of questions after the first five days of practice yesterday. Full pads and all the information again at Trojansports.com. Fellas, I want to get right into it with a little game that, of course, I engineered because only I would come up with this name. Chris Swanson, are you ready? I'm after ready. five days of practice, after camp is underway, Chris and Adam, I want to play three tugs or no, one. Three hugs. Oh, three, uh, th- three hugs? Yeah. Okay, three hugs and one kick in the ass. I think tugs is better, but that's okay. And, of course, the hugs go to the three best things we've seen or the three good things we've seen out of practice and the one kick in the ass. We've, uh, we find some sort of game show music because it's so hard for us to find game show-type music. And we uh, begin now. Chris Swanson, why don't you take it away? Three tugs or hugs. I'm going to go with hugs. Okay. Yeah. That's... You know what? I think out of all people, you've gone with tugs before hugs, my friend. You know, it depends on who's who's giving them, but I'm going hugs just in a general sense, usually, most time. I think that's the safe bet. Um, you know, I'm going to give a hug 
So the quarterback play so far, I've been very impressed. I think it's been uh, both quarterbacks have played at a very high level. I know that coming into fall camp and into spring and everything, I was I was always questioning whether or not the quarterback play would be high because I thought Cody Kessler was a poor quarterback. And, and I wondered, you know, is Max Brown really that good? He couldn't beat out Cody Kessler. Um, I've been impressed. I think that both quarterbacks have played very well. I think that USC could pick either one of these guys and be just fine, honestly. Um, they both can sling it all over the place, and they both have great arms. I, I think that the quarterback play will improve this year now. I, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Yeah, I feel like it's almost underreported because inevitably what you do in a quarterback competition is compare them to each other and they're different guys and so I think it's kind of easy to find maybe warts in in each one because you're comparing them against each other and maybe not against a general baseline or even their own progress I think if we were look uh, if we were to look at both of them and maybe compare them to what they were a year ago, you'd be very excited about where both of them are at. Uh, or, or again, if you were to compare them to, you think what the level of play should be or what it was a year ago with Cody, I think you'll be really excited. <laughs> but when you compare them to each other, that is where it maybe forces you to take a side. And, and really kind of maybe not think it as well of, of the other guy, of the, of, the, of the guy that you don't pick. And so I, I talked to Tyson Hilton about this, and he pointed out that Max Brown has been very consistent, and they feel like he's doing everything right, that he looks comfortable, he's on top of everything, He's leading everyone, on the field and off the field. He's become the team leader, which they've really needed leadership for a while. So that's a big deal. And and then he's making all the right decisions. And he's playing at a high level, enjoying it. Then you go to Sam Darnold. And the first thing that pops out is that he'll make a few plays every day that no one else can make. And he's just a different athlete. And he'll bring something different to the table. And I think maybe because he doesn't have command of everything, he has to play more, he has to improvise a little bit more and he's a very instinctive kid and so sometimes they don't know what exactly he's seeing or what he's doing but he'll get the ball to a corner of the field that you know how do you even see that or he'll he'll throw to that that third option that you know wasn't even really open but he'll get the ball there and so you get different things with the two of them. And I, like, I, like Chris, I agree that they're in great hands with whatever direction they go in. 
I know we, we feel like they're going to go uh, that they're going to go in one direction and not the other right now. Uh, I think we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. But I've been I've been pleased with what they're doing just from the eye test. We don't know the call obviously from play to play, but just watching them, I think they both look great. I think they're going to have a great quarterback this year. Okay, very good, Adam. Are we ready for hug or tug number two? Why not? Yeah. We're, go ahead, we'll Chris. Go with, we'll go with the hug. Hug. Am I going? Yes. Is it, it's you, me again? You're the oh, publisher. Okay. Aren't you introducing the hugs? Okay, I'll, I guess. Uh, I'll go safety play. Um, you know, obviously, I think Marge Valtel sort of has looked really good. Um, I've seen some plays out of Leon McQuay. Uh, you know, in that in that recent scrimmage, I thought he looked pretty decent. Uh, we've all talked about Keely Ross has has been just blown up and is becoming, I think, what we all expected him to become. Uh, and then they have a couple banged up guys too right now that I feel like when they get back in, it's going to make things even more competitive. So uh, I would hug the safety play. I think it's been really good. Yeah, we we were high on them coming into training camp, but. You know, if you're not maybe covering a team or just following it from a distance, you look on paper and you see Marvel Kell. He's a true sophomore who played about half the year last year. And then there's Leon McQuay and Chris Hawkins and John Plattenberg, each of whom have started. And, but with Hawkins and Plattenberg, they they moved from cornerback. Safety was not the original position. And then Leon McQuay, now in his fourth year, didn't play a lot the last two years after playing quite a bit for a true freshman. He actually played a lot in 2014, but then he lost his job. And in 2015, he didn't play a lot. And then you had a lot of young guys. So that would be a question mark, is my point, coming into the year. But it's been one of the better units on defense. And a big part of it is because of Marvell Kell. And, and then Achille Ross has probably made the biggest jump through one week. Gotta put that caveat in there. Through one week, he's made the biggest jump from where he was to where he is. And I mean that both in how he's been playing and on the depth chart. Helton said that he's really been a mover and, and forcing them to, to play him. And he's gotten some run with the first team. He stood out w- with whatever team he's playing on. And it, it's almost happening so fast that I feel like we have to be careful because we thought he could be a great player and, and, and it's just kind of happening. And, and Right, Chris? Don't you kind of feel like, wait, is this, is this really? Am I seeing what I, what I think I am? Because I thought this could happen, but maybe I, you know, I thought it would take more. I, think, I, I thought it would take probably a month or so and that maybe during the season he could emerge. I didn't know that week one, right out the gate, 
he'd be you know one of the most impressive players on defense it's amazing to me it, it's like a switch just came on for him yeah, and i, and I think go. it makes sense because as you know he, he we've talked to him about this is he hasn't played that position um so you know it makes sense it's it's a switch that just kind of came on for him i think that now he's had some time you know back there at safety and yeah i think now he's uh he's really impressing and yeah. uh you're right it's it's early so who knows and, you did, and I am a little bit cautious about it. I'm totally with you on that point, but it wouldn't surprise me if this is just the beginning of something really special for him. Yeah, he's healthy. He has a lot of natural ability. Constant Pendergast liking him to a yo-yo, <laughs> which it was a compliment, but uh, he was saying that he's up and down because he still has a lot to learn about the defense. But he'll he'll make plays that are outstanding, and then he'll make you know some big mistakes because he's learning. But I think that's a matter of time before he'll figure all that out. Oh, right, very good, Adam. Since I didn't follow the rules apparently the first two times, why don't you give us hug number three? All right. Well, I've uh, I've been really impressed with the play of the line and it's hard to judge when they're not in pads thus far they've had two practices in shells and then Monday at the Coliseum they were in full pads and I'm going to focus on the fifth one there were periods where the offensive line had their way we saw that where the offense was placed on their own 20 and they had to move down the field and they were able to run at will and a lot of that was Rojo but uh, you know he had a he had a good hole usually and then Cedric Ware came in and it was really not a big drop off there and he had a couple huge holes and I've been impressed by by how they're working together because they've made a change. Chris Brown has been the primary left guard and there's been so much turnover and injury and just personnel change over the last couple of years and chemistry has just not been there. And now you have, you know, they, ha- they haven't even had Toe Logan on as the, the primary center because they're working, they're bringing him in, they're integrating him carefully. So you had Nico Fala switching with him, but then, you know, to his left, Brown and Wheeler, for the most part. Wheeler really couldn't go much on Monday at Coliseum, though, so they, they've had a little bit of change. And then uh, typically you've had Banner and Talamaval on the right, but Banner was on the left on Monday. So even through that, they look good. They look fine. They look like, like they're together. And uh, there's a synchronicity there. And that, that's hard to get on offensive line. They've been looking for it for years. And I'm not trying to make too big a deal out of the one practice. But given the elements, I feel like they've done a good job. Then, and it's hard to for both of them to be good, right? If one's good and the other one's bad, I mean, that's kind of the way we might think about it, but I feel like the defensive line has held their own. 
Um, maybe they're not getting uh, to the quarterback yet. I think that they still they have they have uh, they have some progress that they that they need to make there. But um, or maybe they're not finishing him. But you know they they can't they can't stack him without pegs. So that's always hard to tell. But I feel like they have been disruptive. I feel like the defensive line is tackling well. And we've seen good things out of a couple of the new guys, Josh Fatu and Stevie Tuikulavatu. I talked to Kanichi Jamesy about two of them and I got the impression that, you know, they're both they're both gonna play. And and not just because they have to, but because they're ready to play. They they they, they can already give that group a lot. And so you, you feel better about where they're at, I think. Um, and in, in the one-on-one drills, I felt like they've really accorded themselves well. Um, in the team period, they, they did have a, a red zone period where I thought they dominated and, and you know, they wouldn't let the, the offense get in the end zone. So I, I feel like they've shown more than flashes. They, they've shown us that... Um, I think they're, they're going to be ready to play. Alabama's going to be really hard. Stanford's going to be really hard. And don't judge them too harshly because those are two of the hardest, I think, lines that, they're going to have, that both sides are going to have to deal with the whole year that anybody in America would have to deal with. But in general, I feel better about uh, what they're doing. I think they're both trending upward. Agreed. I've been impressed too. Uh, I think you said it all, so I'll just leave it at that. I talked for a while. It's okay. I love it. I I actually like getting a little break. We expect nothing less from Adam J. Maya. Well, (laughs) finally, quickly, the the kick in the ass. Yeah, I'll deliver the kick in the ass, and I'm going to give it to the entire freshman class, honestly. Um, Harsh. Harsh, I know. Uh, They're young. It's fall camp. It's tough. It's brutal. They're adjusting, but they've been non-existent. The entire freshman class, it seems. I mean, I've seen plays here or there, whatever, but pretty much non-existent. Um, The receivers that we've been building up all offseason have done absolutely nothing, and I haven't really noticed anybody else. I think it might be a little bit tough for some of these guys because they are. It seemed like this class was preparing USC to rebuild for the next couple of years. They didn't really get a lot of guys. They felt like, oh, they need him to play right away or he should play right away. You know, I didn't see that five-star defensive tackle or whatever come in. Uh, so that might be tough for them, but I've seen a lot of drop balls from the receivers and just pretty much not really making an impact from anyone. I had There hasn't been really a freshman that's just jumped out to me in fall camp so far where I've been like, wow, you know, you've looked really good. I know it's early, but I, they need a little kick in the ass, I think, to, to get themselves going. All right, so here it is. Boom. Yeah. Can I, can I try Go to... for it. Go for it, Adam. I feel like there's a little bit of a catch-22 involved here. Because of the makeup of the roster... You have a lot of freshmen uh, and redshirt freshmen. And while I agree, none of the true freshmen have really stood out, they're not really getting the reps that you might need to do it. Nearly all of them are working with a third team. 
and you know maybe working with the some of the walk-ons that that are, that are mixed in with the the lower kings. And it's probably hard to, to stand out or, or to really, um, I guess, acknowledge that a player's standing out if he's not working with a first team or at least a second. And there are a few that are working with the second team, but none with the first team. And that's because those two teams are made up of people that are that have been there and, and that they haven't a lot of them haven't played a lot. There's not a lot of game experience with that second team and uh, even parts of the first team. So those guys need as many reps as possible. We're talking about a lot of sophomores, even you know some redshirt sophomores and you know, juniors that haven't played a lot that need to be on the field as much as possible. So, I'm gonna be patient with that, with the, the freshman class. I thought that we would see more out of a couple of these guys. I, I know we've, we've mentioned Jack Jones before and Michael Pittman, who I think have probably been maybe two of the better ones, uh, maybe the two best. But at the same time, you know, it'd be great to see what we've seen in, in the last couple of years. I feel like maybe in the last couple of years, though, uh, there's been that opportunity for a true freshman to to make a big make, make a big impression right away because there was maybe like that one spot where they could do it. Where now, I think with a new staff and uh, really kind of a new starting lineup, especially on defense, the coaches have, the coaches have to figure out what they have with their veterans. They have a lot of unproven veterans. That's some vintage out of Maya for you right there. That was quality. Cobra attack! We all had to let it breathe because it was so good. It, we, I didn't know he was done so soon. <laughs> I think I still kind of went on, but do you, do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Do you need any more from me? <laughs> yeah, I just I wondered what you thought about what I'm telling you because I think it's a good I think it's a good point. I I, I think it's true, um, and I agree. I completely agree with you. I uh, I we mentioned I think we talked about it a little bit too. You know, at practice, honestly, um, about this and. I, I don't think the opportunity is there. You're right for a lot of these guys. I mean, we were talking about maybe Jack Jones, the impact freshman, and, and he's at a position where he shouldn't have a chance to play, really. Uh, you know, it, uh, it's it's a... I know that I've, I've still talked up that, you know, they're, they're on sanctions still, and they have depth issues, but they're, you know, they don't really have the certain holes that they did have in the past at a few spots that I think did allow guys to just jump in and, and you know, get a chance, really. And, and I, I'm with you. I'm not sure these guys are really going to get the chance that they need to, to do it, to show what they're capable of. We're not bashing them maybe for, yeah. for their potential, if no. that's fair. It's just that they haven't done anything. I expected it, so I gave yeah, them a kick in right. the ass, and you came in and defended them and made me look like no, the bad guy. So no, it's okay. No, no. It's okay, Adam. Yeah. 
I <laughs> I say that's the bad guy. I agree with you. I I thought we'd see a little bit more, but I did. But we, we've seen it in the past, and I think that's why we expected that. They have more people. They have, yeah. you know, they're in the low eighties now in terms of scholarship oh. players in the roster. Vladimir Butterpants is like so excited right now. He's like cheering. He just buttered <laughs> in his pants. He just buttered in his pants. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, but like they, they have they have more people than they've had since probably 2011. And so I've wondered if uh, if or or which of these freshmen will really get a lot of playing time this year. I don't think too many will. I think a lot of them are going to redshirt, and then a lot of them after that are going to have maybe a role on special teams. But I don't know that any. I don't know that any of them are going to start. I I I say no right now, and then even after that, I don't know how many are going to be in a rotation, you know, in a regular rotation. So um, it, it's good to have. A full roster. They don't really have a full roster, though, Adam. Right. Don't, don't we, play we, that game. No, we, we should talk about that, too. Uh, let's, let's spend a couple minutes on that. Okay. Because there is a myth that they're on an even playing field with everybody. And it, it bothers me that it's being reported that way. And I know that the national media is going to run with it, especially. Now, while they are in the low 80s, they have 29 true and redshirt freshmen and then 22 true and redshirt sophomores. So 50 of the 80 come from there. And then they have barely more than a dozen seniors and, uh, and 17 juniors. And that's not an even playing field. It's not, and I also wonder too if they had had full full scholarships passed out for all these classes. Mm -hmm. I could see them being at eighty-two, yeah, right now. Sure, I would wonder if the names are the same because I'm wondering if guys are getting forced out if they're being if they're transferring because they they can't play. There's better people there. I wonder because sometimes you know that guy that you that went to Cal or went to Arizona State that USC would have recruited and would have taken if they had 10 more scholarships and he would have been on their roster turns out to be this stud. And we've seen that happen. We've seen the guys, the lower priority guys end up being the good guys at USC too. I, I think back, I know Marquise Lee was not a lower priority guy, but if USC had to make the choice at the end of their class, if they had to choose between George Farmer and Marquise Lee, USC's taking George Farmer. George Farmer did nothing for them, but Marquise Lee did everything. So it's just yeah. one of those things where you don't really know. Look at Chris Brown and Damian Mama. They're in the same class. Damian Mama was the recruit that everybody wanted. If USC had to choose, they would have picked Mama over Brown probably. But Brown, it looks like, is going to start over Mama in his third year. These things change. Full classes matter. That's my point. Yeah. Now, technically, <laughs> Brown and Mama were in a smaller class. <laughs> but but I get, I get where you're going. And 
But my point, my point wasn't about their class. It was about if you're taking 15 instead of 25, and you're cutting guys. But year they did. I I know. I'm just saying. My point was about the class. Is that that you're going to take a guy that everybody thinks is the better recruit? Right, right. Three years from now, the guy that you didn't take might be the better guy. Not even based on uh, who was developed better, anything like that. Because if you look at Mama and Brown, for example, they had the same coaching staff. So that was my point. Is that these things yeah, just yeah. change naturally without reason sometimes and so usc's hurt by just not having the numbers that's just the truth don't fight the cobra chris don't fight the I, power I either you know I you're, know. you're totally right i love your example between uh farmer and marquise you just don't like my brown mama example <laughs> it's okay it's okay well everyone's scared of a brown mamba <laughs> <laughs> Chris Watson's the bad so. guy sometimes, and it's time, as someone once said, to say goodnight to the bad guy, because we got to take a break. Say goodnight to the bad guy. Ooh, break. we got to prepare for a loaded question from the message board, direct from Trojansports.com. We might have Adam Gorney coming up, too. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. It's Tuesday, August 9th. Olympics in full swing, but more importantly, USC training camp. Practice, as someone once said, also in full effect. Adam, Chris, Chris, we're back with your question from the message board next on the TrojanSports.com podcast. You're listening to this week's edition of the TrojanSports.com podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and never miss a moment of your favorite fellas yapping about your Trojans each week. Plus, some fun and frivolity along the way. Okay, I, I don't think you realize, uh, last week in the podcast, you pronounced Rojo as Rojo. Did I? You did. Wow. Stay locked in. More of the Trojansports.com podcast next. Hey, it's the QB Sean Salisbury, and you're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast right here on the home for everything USC. Everything USC. Trojansports.com. You're listening to the Trojan Sports Podcast on Trojansports.com. Powered by by rivals. The shortest breaks known to man. The boys are back. This is the Trojansports.com podcast. And remember, everything you need for the best in-depth coverage of the Trojan, from recruiting to the message boards you love. It all lives on Trojansports.com from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. Trojansports.com podcast rolls on Tuesday, August 9th, 2016. You hear that sound. It is the satellite phone, and it is the one and only, the national recruiting analyst for Rivals.com, Adam Gorney. Gorney, you are a gold medal type man. How are you? How you doing, guys? Beautiful. Great. USC has picked up three commits since we last spoke to you last week. A lot of last there. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah, I think the biggest one is Hunter Eccles slipping. Uh, not a, not necessarily a flip from UCLA, but he had decommitted from UCLA, and um, you know he had been committed there for months, but always kind of made it clear that he was going to look around and take other visits. And he went over to USC a couple times, and you know I think really his heart was at USC, and he had, he had realized that and didn't want to play the game, didn't want to be one of those kids who 
you know, waited until the Army game, but everybody knew where he was going and everybody knew what was going on there. Um, so he made the decision he's going to shut it down, it looks like. He's not going to take any other visits. He's pretty much finished with recruiting, and he's going to he's going to be at USC. He's he's one of the best players in California. He's a big, tall, lanky, lean, but the kind of surprisingly strong defensive end. Great moves to the outside and inside. Long arms, big tackler, that kind of kid. The kid out of Florida is is a guy I like. Uh, maybe a little bit underrated. I have to talk to Rob Cassidy about him. Um, Joan Burgess goes by Freak Show Joe. Which is a great nickname, especially when he comes out to LA. Um, really, a kind of a two-way standout player. He could play safety, you know, big playmaker there, but he could also move to wide receiver. He, he plays quarterback in high school and has some really impressive clips. Um, so he was a, a really nice pickup. And uh, refresh my memory on the third. Elijah Vera. Oh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, Elijah Vera Tucker. I think he probably ends up inside. But we're, we're going to see. He's kind of a Six four, maybe six five on a good day. Offensive lineman, um, a physical kid, good looking kid. Not a lot of bad weight on him, um, so he's going to be a nice addition to USC's offensive line class down the road. And he's like me. I'm usually an inch longer on a good day too. <laughs> Centimeters, you go by. <laughs> Gordy, you got me. I have nothing to say to that. That was good, Chris. That was good. That <laughs> Adam, Adam Gorney, the other Adam, brings out the best in you. I think so. Yeah. All right, Gorney, we know you got to get back in the pool and practice your Michael Phelps, so uh, we'll let you go. Thanks for the information, as always. All right, guys. I'm up in Lake Arrowhead, so hopefully my house doesn't burn down today. We'll see. <laughs> we wish so. you the best. All the coverage, by the way, yeah, little- on Gorney's house at rivals.com. <laughs> we'll bring you the latest. <laughs> if you, if something right, bad guys, happens, if something bad happens, can you just live with Mike Farrell? You guys can work. We like bosom buddies. Well, he has a big enough house, I'm sure, in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah. So I probably just take my Hyundai Accent over there and uh, move right in. Beautiful. All right, good luck, Gorney. We wish you the best. All right. Take care. Okay. Man. See ya. Bye, Adam. Bye. Oh, uh, the one and only Adam Gorney, Adam Maya dising- disappearing some, for some reason in the break. Mm. Uh, we'll try to track him down here for questions from the message board. While we do that, mm. while well, he returns from what is a very long bathroom break, it appears, Chris Swanson, mm. I want to remind you, 40, almost 40 content pieces mm. are up right now at Trojansports.com since the beginning of camp. 40. Mm. So if you were going to pay 50 cents per content piece, this could be a business model, Chris, you'd be at $20. Mm. That would cover wow. you for two months at Trojansports.com. That's right. Cheaper than 10 bucks a month you can get it. All the coverage. 40 content pieces in five days. Pretty incredible. That's good work out of Chris Swanson, Adam, I, and the entire team here at Trojansports.com. It's great work. We've got to get ready for questions from the message board and hopefully track Adam down. You were going to say something, Chris. Yeah, you know, I almost I feel like we might almost have to go on another break because I'm kind of worried about Adam. We'll track him down. Maybe he fell in. Uh, is the Trojansports.com podcast Olympic edition. And I always say Olympics because we're covering USC training camp. Gold level type coverage. Gold medal level type coverage. And we're back in moments. Hmm. Push it to the On this Tuesday edition of the TrojanSports.com podcast, time to get into a full questions from the message board. How about that, Chris and Adam? 
it seems like there's no shortage. Now, they may all be similar, but we'll get into it. It starts. We cue the horn and the music. Adam. Hi, guys. Please leave your questions below. And again, one per person, please. Thanks. Much better, Adam, this time. Defining what was going on. We begin. Well, it didn't work, but yeah. It didn't work, but that's okay. B-22 Rider. Rider's up first. What up, guys? Hope all is well. I have a recruiting question for Scott or Chris. Who, who, by the way, where is Scott? I think I saw him on an episode of First 48 the other night. Yeah, that might have been him. He's been at all these uh, these practices. I know. He just hasn't appeared with me. I, I get I get sad when oh. people don't appear. Whoever is up for the challenge, anyway, with the recent flip of commitment by Cathedral, offensive linebacker, defensive end, Hunter Eccles from FUCLA to USC, do you think there's any chance Red Wins offensive linebacker, defensive end, Jalen Phillips may flip as well before all is said and done? Thanks and fight on. Chris. I don't know if USC is going to get any offensive linebackers because that position doesn't exist. Um, but as for outside linebacker, excuse me, it's early on this Tuesday morning. <laughs> I always yeah, say that. Why do I say offensive linebacker? I don't know. It's almost like you don't watch football at all. But whatever. Uh, as for Jalen Phillips, you know, I'm not sure USC is going to get him. Um, it, it, there's been a lot of speculation that you know part of the reason why. Hunter Eccles eventually did make his way to USC despite, you know, getting that offer from them the day after he committed to, to UCLA originally was, you know, that Jalen Phillips is there and they kind of are the same position. Uh, you know, Jalen Phillips committed to UCLA for a reason. Maybe down the line if Jim Moore leaves or something, maybe they just flip him anyway because that's recruiting, but I haven't heard anything that would make me think USC's going to get Jalen Phillips, you know, uh, just just because guys are decommitting from UCLA or, or something, you know, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I haven't heard anything. Adam, any thoughts? Any pointing out that I messed anything else up? Huh? There we go. Nick from Cypress. Thank you, Ryder. Trojan fan 68. Hi, this is Nick from Cypress. Hi, everybody. Roll call. Shout out to Chris Swanson, a.k.a. Trannies. Chris the Dirty, Harry Trout, Rodriguez, Morales, Murph the Don Baldwin, Rip Boyer the Dirty Bruin, and Guo, Mr. 305, German Justin Bieber, Mike Sinker, Adam the Hobbit, Wayne the Wood Gorney, and the man who makes this podcast awesome, Adam Maya. Although I don't think Adam's had his coffee just yet. First question everyone wants answered. Will there be any major academic casualties? Second is recruiting... Now, see, Nick already breaks the rules. Since we last spoke, yeah. three guys committed. Doing, uh, do you see any other guys committing, any other kids committing? And if so, who? Lastly, after week one, were you surprised or disappointed in practice? Fight on, love what you guys do. Well, Nick, we love that you don't follow the rules. No, we don't. <laughs> Especially when he asked something that he already asked me directly and I answered before. In person, at practice? <laughs> No, he contacted me directly. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. What? One of these questions was posed to me directly, and I answered it. And then he put it on here. How does that work? Does he text you? Does he Facebook message you? Does he tweet you? DM? Well, you can talk to each other uh, through the site directly, too. Oh, okay. But does he do that? Or which, how no, does he do but it? you could. I <laughs> exactly. You say that. To let people know <laughs> right. how he contacted me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... The only thing I'm going to answer here, because I'm going to honor the spirit of the rule here, is uh, whether I was surprised or disappointed in practice. And we've tried to highlight a lot of the positives. One thing that I'm still waiting on, and I'm going to keep beating this horn, is I'd like to see a number two receiver emerge. I I think it's very important 
for for the production and the health of Juju and the offense as a whole. We we keep hearing that they have so much talent and depth at receiver. I've said it myself, but there's not another guy that's blowing up. And this can be difficult for the passing offense for a young quarterback. I think both uh, Brown and Darnold probably trust their other guys more than, than Cody Kessler did a year ago, the people outside of Juju. But at the same time, you're only going to see maybe a few of them play a lot of the games or, or play a lot of the snaps in every game. I don't think you're going to run out nine guys equally. You're going to have two or three that get the majority of the snaps. And I thought that, that Gary Rogers has been good. Stephen Mitchell has been good. Maybe a couple other people. They've been, they've been good. They've been solid. But we're not seeing that number two. I'd like to see a number two by the end of fall practice. I'm in tears because I just can't imagine asking somebody a question directly and then asking them again. Well, that's how it goes. That's that's the power Nick. of Nick from Cyprus. I love you, Nick. There you go. Thank you, Trojan fan. 68. USC Balto, sup? Thanks for all you do. No, thank you. My one question... Clay seems to be talking about better tempo at practice and being more physical. Sark used to do the same, though. Do you see sense a difference in more intense and more physical practices year over year this go-around? I don't. I, I know that that's a, a popular storyline from certain publications, I think because that's what they want to believe or they want you to believe, but it doesn't look much different to me. Uh, the tempo slowed down, in fact, from from Sark. In terms of the team periods, from drill to drill, I, I don't know. I, I'm not really looking for that in, in practice. But it being more physical, I, I think that's just easy to say that. Because it sounds good. I think it's hard to say that, and I'm going to say no. It's easy to write that, is my my point. I guess, but it's it's insane, because think about it. You have a new head coach, so you as a player, I'm going to hit somebody 110% harder than I used to now, because I like my coach better. That doesn't make any sense. It just, like, literally makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, I I think the, the belief is that it's being emphasized more. And I, I can't say that. I, I don't know that. I, I don't think any of us know that. But we hear that every year. Even when it, the same coach comes back, we're hearing that from certain people. By this point, they should be the most physical team that ever lived, if you would believe what some people are writing. I just question how they got more physical and more intense since 2008 when they gave up like eight points a game. Yeah. Like, how have they grown from that point? That's what I want to know because they haven't. Yeah, but we've heard it. But we've heard it. Or we've read it if you're reading that. Yeah. All right, thank you, USC Balto. We appreciate it. David Wall, 
First a recommendation and then a question. Oh, we always love recommendations. The recommendation, watch the six-part documentary on Netflix called Last Chance You about Juco football in Mississippi. We'll send that over to Blair and Google. He likes Juco football. Have you guys watched that by any chance? No. no. I didn't know about it. Uh, neither did I. I've seen it, um, but I, I have not turned it on yet. How many offensive linebackers do they have I in think there? four. Four. Okay. <laughs> by the way, I meant to, now that he brings up Netflix, one for Adam Maya. Have you watched Fastball? Yeah, I love it. Isn't it great? Yeah. Yeah. Tremendous. It's cool to to see the science behind the game. Absolutely. Over, you know, a century. Any baseball fans out there, be sure to... uh to dial up fastball. It really is amazing. It's also amazing how amazing Nolan Ryan is throughout his life, even when he got old. Can you imagine being that old and doing that? I probably can get out of bed, and I'm 32. I think he can still pitch. Probably. He probably can pitch better than most. All right, continuing on with David Wallace's question already in progress. It's awesome, and not just because my stepdaughter and her significant other played major parts in producing it. Oh, ding, ding, ding for that. The question, what's your best bet as to the week of the season? Darnold first takes a meaningful snap. And the sirens sound for yeah, David Wall's question. I, I know that you can you can now bet on who will be the starter. Did you realize that, Morales? I did not. I'm going to have to uh, dial up the action on that one. Prop bet, baby. What's the <laughs> yeah. line look on that? I don't remember. Brown's a, a mild favorite. Okay. Mild. Yeah. Just how I like it. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet on what I'm going to tell you right now because... <laughs> Max Brown has yet to take one in his career, and he's been there for three years. So it's really hard to tell how things are going to play out. My hunch the entire time is that Sam Darnold has been practicing at such a high level that he's put himself in position where they're going to play him at some point this year. I don't think that he'll be the starter for Alabama, but I expect him to play. Again, I don't know about that game. We were giving a hypothetical maybe a week ago or two weeks ago about them being down 21 nothing, and would he come out after halftime, and I think he could. But, but I guess um, if I were putting money on it, and I don't bet, so it would take a lot. Um, I would say the Stanford game. Chris Swanson going silent on your thoughts. I have no clue, and I don't want to touch this one with a 40-foot pole, honestly. I mean, I, it's just like, that is a tough question. <laughs> yeah. So, I have I I mean I could just throw I would just be throwing a game out there honestly I would I, I feel just like I'm throwing. doing that myself yeah do it oh really okay um you know what I'm gonna say oh it's tough because I don't know if I want to pick <laughs> Darnold yet you know what I mean like it's like if I, it it could be Alabama it could be Stanford but it also I can see something like you know like UCLA because Max Brown's been the starter all year and he got hurt or something or the bowl game you know what I mean or maybe he doesn't even play the, the meaningful snap this season really so I, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm punting I'm punting that's what I'm doing I'm punting and we're moving on <laughs> 
It's for fun. Okay. UCLA. Okay. I found the odds. I just don't know how to read these. When it has three over five, what do you? What does that mean? That's good. Uh, I mean, it's highly probable. Is it a percentage? Is it, is it like a fraction that they're listing? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's a three to five favorite. Is that odds to be USC's starting quarterback in Week One versus Alabama? Max Brown three over five. Sam Darnold five over three. Odds to be USC's starting quarterback in the final game of the season? Max Brown five over seven. Sam Darnold three over two. Huh. I don't know. I do you read that as like three to two? Is that I think that's what they're saying. I think so. But I don't know. Other people, I don't know. Sportsbettingdime.com, by the way, if you uh, want to look at that action. Oh, wow. Yeah, let's throw that out there, right? Yeah, why not? Well, I want, to, I want people to understand why I'm not just making that up. Yeah. It's not me. It en- wasn't me. Go enjoy, you degenerates. Blow all your money. Yes, because who, who listening is not a degenerate, by the way? I, I bet you right now there's at least five or ten people going to bet on this. There you go. There's like no question in my mind, because I'm actually tempted to as well. <laughs> Uh, thank you, David Wall. Do hand one. Adam, why are there so few defensive tackles coming out of SoCal? I know there's some top defensive ends, but how can LA not produce five to ten DTs every year? Adam, I, I don't I, know why they're asking you this. Yeah, maybe Adam Gorney. Oh, okay. Maybe. But I, I have an idea, so I'll take a stab. You've talked it. about this before. Go ahead. Okay, well, I just kind of feel like if you look at a map, recruiting is kind of all about geography, right? I don't really think that. There's a specific city or really region that's produ- consistently producing more defensive tackles than anybody else. Um, I think because that that's such a rare, uh, you know, athlete kind of um, that defensive tackle that it's just rare to find an elite one in the country anyway. So you look at a map and you notice that. You know, Los Angeles is a great recruiting base, and, and it's a great thing for USC. And uh, you know, being and probably controlling the West Coast when they're on top of the world is a great thing too. But the West Coast is kind of on an island, uh, away from everybody else. It's kind of like the West Coast, and then you know, uh, some space, and then the rest of the population, if you will. So I think that you see, you know, elite defensive tackles, more of them back east, uh, if you will. Is that's kind of what we call it out here, right? Where it's like everything that's not on the West Coast. Just because that's where the rest of the country is. They're still out here. It's just, you know, there's less people on the West Coast compared to every other region in the country. So there's going to be less of those, you know, really talented, rare, you know, big guys, defensive tackles. So I think that's kind of what you see. But it seems like USC usually gets them when they are out here. And they also compete for the guys back east, too. So it's almost not like a disadvantage for USC, really. Thank you so much. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. No, why not? It sounds like the rap game. It's the same thing. Thank you, Duhon One. <laughs> I'm not convinced that I convinced either of you that, that that made any sense. But okay, we'll move on. I was looking at other odds, like Alabama's starting quarterback odds. Braxton <laughs> Family X4, how does Adoree, uh, how has Adoree looked at the new aggressive style Clancy Brinks? He's been out of football a while, so I assume some rust. But does this system seem to fit him better than last year? Adam, why don't you take a stab at that? I think that's really early to call. We, I think we have to watch him play a game. Uh, I think that really goes for the entire defense. But I know that Adori is enthusiastic about week one. Remember, he wasn't there in spring football, and he really hasn't worked with either Pendergast or Ronnie Bradford. And his initial takeaway was 
that they are teaching him more techniques which will better prepare him for defending different types of receivers. He felt like a year ago it was one thing that he really knew how to do and maybe that wasn't the best way to defend a particular type of receiver where now he thinks that whether he was defending a guy like Juju or a guy like Mitchell and everything in between that he would have options and and he just thinks that he's becoming a more well-rounded guy. I also am sensing a lot more attention to details from him. Um, for him to even, I think, uh, talk about that and, and we're seeing the kind of plays that he's making in practice, it suggests that he's locked in at cornerback. And... It, I'm not blaming the coaches from the years past, but maybe they haven't gotten, uh, you know, all of his mind on defense in the past. Because when he got there two years ago, he came in the fall and the spring, and they really threw him into the fire uh, on both offense and defense, and then special teams as well. And it continued last year where he would practice on offense for entire days. So right now, while he's still doing some returning, it's been a, a lot of, it's been defense 101 for him. And that's the first time that he's really been thrown through that ringer. So I think that they're going to get the best out of him. Um, Maybe because of, of some of the, the fundamentals, but I think because of where he's at in his career. Uh, we know that he wants to play corner in the NFL, and and that means that he's got to play his best year at corner, or best two years. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm just obviously, like you mentioned, it is too early to see really how Dora Jackson is doing in that style. I just want to speak to the rust, and I think maybe it's too early to, to notice that or you know uh, speak to that as well. But I have. I just want to state that I haven't noticed he's been rusty when they are you know in like eleven on eleven or you know any of the the kind of stuff where it seems like there's there's other teammates that will challenge him. I just haven't noticed it. So who knows? Maybe there will be some. Maybe there will be, you know, an adjusting period or I just, you know, haven't noticed. But he's he seems like kind of like the same old guy to me so far. Yeah, he, he has the one interception in training camp. He picked up Brown. Uh, he had a great break on a like a little comebacker from Juju. And it was a pick six. And I don't remember somebody catching a ball on him where it was bad coverage. You know, it always seems like it was a good play just from I might have missed a couple or whatever. You know, I'm not saying I see everything, but I have, there just hasn't been something that's jumped out to me where I'm like, oh, he, he blew that or he messed up there. So, no, it, yeah, he's, he's definitely consented a few plays to Juju, which that's going to happen if you're going to defend him all the time. Um, I think that they've they've had a pretty good back and forth going. And then uh, one other thing I did want to point out was that Adori was held back a little bit 
in, or maybe more than that, in uh, in Monday's practice at the Coliseum when they were doing some live 11 on 11. But Helton made his point, you know, early in training camp that that they were bringing him along carefully because of all the time that he'd been spending in tracking field. And so while he's in shape, um, football conditioning is a bit different. And so I think between hamstrings and, and different maybe little things that can become big, they're, they have a plan with him. They have a pitch count. And I think he'll only do more and more through training camp. So uh, nothing happened, but it, I guess it's good to hear that they've thought about this and they're not just treating him like he's been out there every day because um, he hasn't. He didn't do the PRPs and then he missed all the spring. So it just seems like with everybody, they have a very specific idea about what they're doing with him. I get that impression uh, from people that are maybe coming back from an injury or even um, going to have an increase in their role from a year ago. It, it just sounds like uh, each player is accounted for. Very good. Thank you, Brock. To Family X4. Bolster B7, new to the podcast and new to the website. Hey guys, I'm new to this as I just subscribed a couple days ago. Well, congratulations. Welcome, Bolster B7. I believe if you send your information to Chris Swanson, he owes you a pack of hot dogs. I do. Or is it just one hot dog? A pack, I believe. I think you're all great. Well, thank you, Bolster B. You must have eaten a bad hot dog to think that. My question (laughs) is, who of the second-year players on the team, sophomore or redshirt freshman, will have the biggest increase in impact this year? My prediction is Akili Ross. I think he has tons of talent. Speaking of tons of talent, Chris Swanson, why don't you take this one? Yeah, you know what, though? It's my answer that popped into my head. Uh, it kind of contradicts a little argument, a little back and forth I've been having with Adam Maya. Because to me, what would make the most sense to, would be Rojo. Because although he had a huge impact last year, I could see Justin Davis getting hurt and then putting the ball in his oh, hands all oh, the time. Why would you say that? I don't. I don't mean that. Like I think it's going to happen. I mean, like it could. He's a starting running back. Like he yeah. could get hurt. Then I could see them putting the ball in Rojo's hands constantly, like thirty carries a game, and he just has more yards than anybody in the country, or something like that. I know that that's not really the answer that people are looking for because he did nope. blow up as a freshman. But that's kind of you know the easiest one I could see happening because he has so much potential, and I think he already could be one of the best players in the country. I do think Akili Ross is a good answer, uh, too, because just because how he's kind of started to fall camp, and we know that he's young and he was young at that position, seems like he's getting it now. Uh, there's a couple other guys I've mentioned, uh, Christian Rector before. I think Rasheem Green could also be in that category, even though he also had a good freshman year. Um, you know, Porter Gustin could blow up, even though he had a good freshman year. I, I don't know, Adam. I'm sure that there's a few other names that you're thinking of as well because that class was stacked. It was a yeah. really talented class, so you can kind of just pick any name, really, and it would be a good pick. I noticed that you like this question. Oh, I liked it because, oh, because he's he, new. Because he's a new yeah. subscriber. He's a, That's he's why we all liked it, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah. it, Kim. Like okay. it, like it, baby. Yeah. While you All like right. it, by the way, you speak of Rojo on Adamaya's footnotes from day five at Trojansports.com. Like Bolster B7, he can read it because he's a new subscriber. But if you're listening to this and you're not a subscriber, then you can't read Adamaya's notes that feature all the explosiveness of Rojo. There's yeah. your plug. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, I think you could probably do a, a top 10 from that class that might have a huge increase in impact. And so everybody that you named, I, I, I think they're all uh, great candidates. A couple more, Chris Brown. Um, oh, yeah. Obvious. Yeah. Sam Darnold's an obvious candidate. Right, Sam Darnold. Um, there's Osu Messina. But at Marvel Kell, my pick right now would be Daniel Amaterbebe. Oh, I, I think it's a matter of time with him. I think he's going to be really good. I think that he's going to be good this year. But I like the prediction that Bolster B7 gave because we've been talking about Achilles Ross for more than a year. And we did not see him redshirting last year. But it, it just didn't break for him the way that it, it maybe it could have. And something I learned about him, I didn't know this, but coming into USC, he had never played safety before. I knew that that wasn't his primary position in high school. I didn't know that he had never played it. He'd just been a cornerback and receiver. Which makes sense because he's a, a supreme athlete and you're going to put those people uh, at the, the most important or impactful skill positions in high school. And, and therefore they're going to gravitate toward a receiver, running back, cornerback. But that he was brand new to the position, it, it, it makes a lot of sense then that why he wasn't quite ready to get on the field a year ago, even though he did play well in training camp a year ago. But right now he's playing about as well as anybody on defense. And it's been one week. And so I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here because there are three more weeks before the opener. But Clay Helton has definitely talked about him and we see Achilles every day. He stands out, and he's getting first team reps. And you can only hope that that will continue for him. I think that he can be a really good player. I just see him you, you, right away. You watch him practice, and he looks like someone that can be a great college football player. And so he could very well be the answer to this question. Uh, especially given that he didn't play a year ago. But um, after one week, I'm going to go with him and Torpebe. But we'll, we'll keep talking about this. Very good. So after that whole circle, do we like his question or not? I, I'm confused. We do like, I it, like right? it. Okay. We good. like it. Okay. Yeah. It's a good B- question, and he's new. Bolster B7, he comes back and says, I can attest to the greatness of Last Chance U. There you go, Bolster B. Welcome aboard. We believe you're going to use your honeymoon discount again shortly. Uh, Kyler Keener, Adam and Chris, through the first week, four practices, who is your one standout player? Adam, why don't you take it first? All right. I'm, I'm thinking about it because I think 
I have then one. Then Chris, go ahead. Go ahead and go. I'll just go. A handful of people. Chris, just shoot and first. I'll just shoot first, and um, it, it it's basically based on the fifth practice, uh, which I felt like was the most poor one because it was in full pads. And this guy just stood out to me. I'm not sure if he's you know the best player on the team or the one guy who's going to make the most of any of that, but he just it just jumped out to me. Our boy Stevie T. I gave you're not gonna up. Go, you're not gonna try I, was, to do it. I paused. I was gonna get. I was gonna go for it, and then I gave up. But the defensive lineman transfer from Utah. Adam, do you know? Do you yeah, want to help me? Yeah, Tui Kolovatu. Look at you, Tui Kolovatu. After you said, I can just nail it perfectly, but I can never get it right away. Um, he's there's That's a lot of girth along the defensive line. All of a sudden, and he can move, and he can make plays, and that jumped out to me like. This is a guy that I'm not sure they've really had consistently, or at least not last year. They didn't have a guy like that last year, I don't think. Uh, anyway. Uh, there aren't many people like that anyway. Yeah, he's a big true. boy. He's beefy. He's, he's a beefy boy. So to me, that's my one standout player because in that first practice with full pads in the Coliseum, I was like, whoa, Nelly. Stevie's here. Were you? Did you say what you said? I said, yeah. "Whoa, Nelly!" Very good. Yeah, not bad. Okay, I like that you picked somebody from practice five because because he asked for the first four. No, well, no, I, you're right. I can, <laughs> I can think about that, but I concur that the fifth one is the real one, and. Uh, the best player in the field was Ronald Jones second. Yeah. You can't deny him. Uh, I don't mean you, Chris, but I just mean his talent, it, it, it knows no limits. I'm already beginning to hashtag RJQK17. Huh? He looks like a 2,000-yard running back to me. It, I don't see that happening this year because he'll be sharing... With Justin Davis, but no, wait, wait, one more time. What was that hashtag? RJQK17. RJ2K17. That's going to pick up yeah. almost as much steam as Phelps' face last night. <laughs> yeah. People have told me I look like him. Michael Phelps? <laughs> when I was a little bit younger and a little bit thinner. Cue the eighth grade basketball music now. No, no, no. No, actually, you know what? No, I'm not. Seriously. I'm not going to knock you too bad on that one. That one I could see. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really happy about it, but I don't mind throwing it out there. But, um, Ronald Jones looks to me like an All-American, and I guess uh, I just hope that he'll get the opportunity to show that he is one. You know what Michael Phelps and I have in common? Uh, uh, quite a few things. Bongs? We both intake 12,000 calories a day. Oh. <laughs> the difference but, would be he, burns, he burns them off. off 11, <laughs> he probably burns off 13,000, most likely. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. By the way, 12,000 calories. Do you realize how, much, how hard that is? Yeah, dude. That's really hard. It's, I was gonna, it's also insane that his body fat percentage is probably like 5% or yeah. something. Insane. And he eats that insane. much. Insane. All right, Bolster, uh, Kyler Keener, thank you. Bolster B7 is using his new subscriber, Hayes, to ask one more. And we're going to allow it. We'll allow it. I'm even going to like it right now. Click like. I know only one question per person, but I feel this question must be asked. 
How big a deal is Noah Jefferson's back? I personally think he has the highest ceiling of all the defensive linemen, at the very least second behind Rasheem Green. We need him. Please give us your take. Adam, why don't you start this time? I think it's a potentially big deal. And I really hope that I'm wrong. Because I agree that he might have the highest ceiling. And if not, then it's right there with Rasheem Green. But he had the back issue in spring. And and we know that he uh, hyperextended his elbow at the, uh, in, the, in the spring game. But he had come back to practice for about maybe the final two weeks. You know, after after feeling the the back pain, and so when I heard right away coming in the fall that he was out for the back, I, I had the same thought that you know, this is still there, and this might be long term. And the kid's working really hard right now, and you know, they, they have a. They have a plan for him too. Uh, you probably have caught the you know the reports that they they think that they need to strengthen his core, that he doesn't need any kind of surgery. He did have an MRI on Monday, and so we're expecting to hear you know how that came out. Uh, I think I think probably Wednesday we're going to hear back about that from Hilton, but. If it doesn't require surgery, they're hoping that he just needs to get a little bit stronger. Um, he did undergo a bit of a transformation physically. You know, he came in what between three thirty and three forty, and then they had him cut about twenty-five to thirty pounds, and so I don't know if if that is playing a role in any of this. Um, hopefully it's just temporary. He's still young, but uh, I, yeah, I don't have much more to say than um, you know. I have the same, I guess, fear that maybe some of you have about where this is going. Chris Swanson, I completely agree with Adam. I give him a pat on the back for that answer. Beautiful. That's not funny. Why is that? <laughs> what is, is that a joke? I don't think. I don't think Chris even realized what he was doing. What I do? Bolster B7, thank you, and welcome aboard again. TW of the Herd, in your opinion, were the multiple injuries from today's physical practice serious or just things at dense? He means yesterday, Monday. Juju with a hand injury, Plattenberg, Rasheed Green's elbow injury. Mr. Funny Man, Chris Swanson. Yeah, I just realized what I did. Yep, that, there you go. <laughs> it's a back injury. I didn't yep, even realize there that. There you go. Um, you know, I would lean toward dings and dents just because I feel like every year when the guys get into full pads and start hitting each other hard, people start kind of, you know, getting random little injuries that don't seem worth it to really risk and stuff. So that's that's what I'm leaning towards. I'm sure Adam has the detailed injury report, knowing Adam and his, you know, savvy on the reporter field <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying but uh, I lean towards things and dents yeah we'll find out more from Clay he made us aware of of everyone on Monday night we, we didn't know that Plattenberg had uh, potentially experienced a concussion 
and uh, it wasn't clear what happened with Rasheem Green. So let's hope that there's nothing seriously wrong in either situation. I mean, even concussions can be lingering. So uh, you just hope that they're okay. But I want to talk about Juju for a minute here. Now, he, he dislocated his pinky. He popped it back in. Clay said that he practically had to take his helmet away and that you know Juju would have been able to go back in. But I think the way he plays lends itself to injury. And I think it's always going to be like that because he's going all out every play. And that's what you love about him. And I, I talked to him about this, and he told me that they're giving him less reps than before, which I can already tell you is true. He, he was on the field for it. It felt like every play um, last year, especially the first half of the year, that was one thing where I, I didn't feel like that coaching staff managed him very well. And then, um, and then even after that point where in the middle of the year he broke his hand and he was banged up throughout the year, I think Clay was more careful with him, but you know, he, he really didn't leave the field. I mean, he didn't see out a game. And, and I, I wonder, I guess I'm wondering aloud if maybe they would have handled that differently in retrospect. Um, I mean, he was still the primary target, and and they were way too over reliant on him. So now we're talking about practice, and already in a week, he's had he's had the hand, he had the toe, and those things are going to happen. They can happen to anybody, but I think uh, he, he kind of reminds me of Hunter Pence. I don't know if, if either of you are aware of him. Yes. He plays for the Giants. Yes. Baseball player. Yes. And uh, he's one of the hardest working guys in baseball. And you can just see it if you watch him for five minutes and you appreciate it as a fan. But it just seems inevitable that they're going to be banged up all the time. And I agree. You know Juju's in shape. You know that he's taking care of himself. But... Um, I, I only say it because I, I hope that it, it just kind of, you know, uh, I, I hope that it, it's not going to be the norm for him. He was healthy his freshman year, um, and then last year it, it kind of turned. He actually broke that thumb at the end of his freshman year. And so uh, now it's been you know, the better part of two years where he's been dealing with something all the time. And I, I, I it might be a bunch of little injuries. We, we haven't really had a major injury, but even the broken hand, he didn't miss the game. I just hope that he's okay. Right? Yeah. Speaking of your Giants, did you see Buster Posey go head first in the third base last night? Yeah. I always try to go head first into third base when I can. Um, thank you, TW Whoa. of the herd. We appreciate it. 
Marty SC Psych, with today's announcement that Jack Sears is committed to Duke, does that necessarily mean that the staff has to resort to offering Chase Garbers? Oh, and what if he becomes the next casualty and turns down the offer? What's your guess as to what transpires if Darnold gets the nod? Does Max transfer? Thanks, guys, for your thoughts. But, a run-on question. Yes. Well, it's, it, yeah, exactly. If you use the dot, dot, dot. Five dominoes. Yeah. If you use dot, 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 that's one sentence, no matter right. how many question marks there are. <laughs> I love it. We love you too, yeah, Marty. Dot, dot, Nick. Dearest Augustine, I do hope this latest damp has not aggravated your gray lung. Dip, 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 dip. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah, start using that. Um, okay, so... You know, we don't know yet. I think that that's where SC's going. I think that they're heading down the Chase Garbers path. And in my personal opinion, I think Chase Garbers will jump on that scholarship offer when he gets it, despite the fact that uh, he's committed to Cal. Um, But we don't know. We don't know yet. They haven't extended an offer to Chase Garbers. I tried to get Clay Helton to tell me what was going on last night briefly, and he kind of uh, he deflected me a little bit, which is okay. Love you, Clay. I get it. So I think we have to wait and see, but it seems like if they are offering somebody, it's going to be Chase Garbers, and I don't think he's turning down that offer, you know, even if Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that if they offer Chase Garbers, they'll get him, and that's what's going to happen. Um, as for the the quarterback question, I think it's too late for uh, Max to transfer out if Sam Darnold does beat him. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that's that would be my guess anyway. So yeah, yeah. No, I, he won't go anywhere this year. If Darnold got the job, whether it would be you know coming out of training camp or even later in the year, if he if he won that job uh, and then it was apparent that he was going to be the quarterback no matter what, then I would see Max leaving at the end of the year. But right now, you have to remember, everybody's pretty much beginning training camp. And while he can transfer without penalty, where are you going to go in the middle of August and then win playing time? You know what I mean? That's not happening. So, uh, it is too late for for this year. He's pretty much going to have to to fight here, and uh, and then you, know, you have to reconsider if uh, if Darnold were to take over at some point. If he wants year. to. If he wants to spend a year at my alma mater, Whittier College, we could use a quarterback, and I'm sure he would get playing time if he came in, you know, right. halfway through game 10. So, yeah. Max, it's a plea. Yeah, you have options. but uh, You know what, Chris? We got a road trip to the Nixon Museum. You want to do it? We should, because I, I've always I, I don't know why I don't go. I always am a big fan of presidential museums, even though I've only been to one. But I always want to go to more, and I know that there's one right in our backyard, and we never go. And you're a big Nixon fan. Not really, but I do enjoy Nixon by Nixon because I find it uh, amazing the things he said, which is shocking coming out of my mouth. Anyway, uh, thank you, Marty. By the way, Jack Sears News, I found out from following at Triton Football, our friends down there. I know oh, I should wow. say at Rivals, but no. Because uh, <laughs> I tweeted it to you, know, so whatever. <laughs> TW of the Herd responds to Marty by saying, get two at a flip. Ooh. Then Ryder jumps in, my crystal balls say yes. Then TW back again. Do they sing when you rub them? Because that would be so cool. LOL. I love it when the guys go around. And then Ryder says, already a rumor going around that Phillips was at practice today. Was that true? Speaking of practice. I didn't see him. Nick, 
Jay Phillips would be a big-time steal, in my humble opinion. Meanwhile, back to the questions. Fatty McButterpants, after week one and one full pads practice, give us an update on the QB race. Brown or Darnold? Sounds like Darnold looked better with the pads on. Adam, your thoughts? Yeah, each day, I felt like they've, they've been competitive. And after five practices, I would give Darnold maybe a 3-2 edge. But it's been pretty close. And I actually thought Brown's played really well. And I believe that the coaches think that too. Not, they're not, I don't think they're, they're trying to sell that. I think that they look at what Brown's done and they're really pleased with him. But I think Darnold has just been a little bit better. And that's kind of been my feeling for a while now where I think that Brown is playing well and playing well enough to, to be your quarterback for sure. And then, but if I'm comparing him to Darnold, then I feel like, well, that guy is playing a little bit better. You think Darnold's playing better? A little bit. Chris Watson? I swear, pre-production meeting, we had a different conversation. I swear. <laughs> I got to start I recording swear. those. I, I'm not, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's close. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, I I was leaning Darnold, too. I Adam changed my mind pre-production meeting, and now I'm confused. So, so I guess I'll just say I'm leaning Darnold, but it's really, really close. You know, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if the coaches looked at me, and they're like, no, dude, Max Brown. You know, it's kind of like a close prize well, fight. Wait, where surprise, it's like, you're not expecting that? No, I'm like, if they t- if they were honest with me, and I was like, hey, who's looked better through five? And they're like, dude, like, honestly, it's been Max. Like, it's close. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, because you know that I mean? wouldn't like, be a uh-huh. story at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like saying. They, like, they're going to tell you that. <laughs> you know what I mean. We do know what you mean. Yes. Come on. I'm going to so, pause you because I have a feeling we're going to talk more about quarterbacks in our final question. Uh, yeah, I I know we will because I looked ahead. Fatty McButterpants, thank you. Darren T, final question. After the first week of practice, what are Sam's chances of winning the quarterback battle? If Sam wins, does Max transfer right then or does he finish out the season and transfer in the spring? Q Adams, my answer just a few minutes ago on that. But on the first part, go ahead. Chris, why don't you continue? Yeah, you know... <sighs> It's tough. It's a tough call because, honestly, if they were both the same age, I would say it was 50-50, and I wouldn't know. Maybe even I'd lean towards Sam Darnold. It just is that common sense factor of, can Sam Darnold, is he your best option in that game against Alabama? And I don't know. I just feel like I have to give Max Brown a slight edge because he's the older, more experienced guy that has done nothing wrong yet, has the pedigree. And it just makes sense that you want to go into a game like that in a schedule like that they have, which I believe is the toughest in the country this year on paper before the season starts with an experienced older quarterback. So that's what I got to say. Yeah, I give Max Brown a 65-35, I guess. Now, those are some odds. Those are odds I can actually understand. Yeah, unlike what they post on Vegas for people that really bet, right? (laughs) Right. Uh, That's just my – but as I said before, it would be honestly just based on what I've seen, it's close to 50-50. It's just the other factors that have me leaning more towards Brown. Yeah. Adam doesn't like the 50-50 point. I can tell. Uh, No, it – 
we we all have a different perspective, and I, I, I began to think about the fact that not only are they playing Alabama, but they're playing at Stanford, they're playing at Utah in September. I've been telling people that if they weren't playing Alabama in the opener, I think Donald would have a great chance of winning a job right now. But because they're playing in Alabama, I don't see it happening. I would put a low percentage on it. Just looking at that September on Trojansports.com, that is a tough September. Yeah. Gotta be the one of the, that's going to be the toughest September out there. It yeah. is. Oh, for sure. Without question. Sure. Yeah. The Nobody... SEC's playing FCS schools. Big Ten's playing FCS schools. Like, it's a joke. Like, it's, it's, the SEC schedule is ridiculous. Well, look at who Alabama's playing after they play USC. It's got to be like one of so, those. Well, hold on. I'm pulling it up. Um, it has got to be Western Kentucky. Hello. So their first month is USC, Western Kentucky, Ole Miss, Kent State. <laughs> that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. Those golden flashes, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, kind of funny, too, that they're playing Western Kentucky, uh, which we know is where Tyson Hilton and Neil Calloway came from. It'll be interesting to see. They're able to prepare for both games. Yeah. In a similar fashion. That's funny. And even yeah. people th- who point that Texas has a very tough schedule, their September starts Notre Dame, which, of course, is a tough game, and then UTEP Cal, and then a week off. So their September, even though people are saying that they have one of the tougher schedules out there, nowhere can compete with SC's September. And where are they playing those games? Uh, Notre Dame is, uh, isn't that a neutral location? And then Probably. UTEP is at home, so they'll just destroy them, and then they have to travel to Cal. Okay, which USC does every other year. Yep. Yeah, I think the schedule is going to dictate this competition to some degree. Uh, absolutely. Tough. Uh, but again, to be hopeful, if we can pull out of this 3-1, and one, that's pretty good. 3-1. and one. I, I'm I'm trying to be hopeful because usually I'm the negative Nelly and everybody gets mad at me. That, that was very optimistic for you, Chris Morales. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good after a week. I've been reading the material, and there's so much material at Trojansports.com. It's almost overwhelming. I don't know how people keep up to date with all the information you guys pump out. Look at you. I get paid by you guys, and I can't even read it all. I, I know. I was about to say it's almost like we're paying you to exactly. Say this. <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of information you get from Trojansports.com. You get so much information, you get confused and think there's a position called offensive linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that my reporting wouldn't lead you to believe that. No. But <laughs> the reporting's so good that you get really confused. I do. I get confused easily. Especially when it yeah. comes to football. It's all those Manly 11 on 111s. All right, thank you, Darren T. Thank you to everybody who asked questions. Direct the message boards at trojansports.com. If you're- I want to thank them, too. I yeah, want to thank everybody okay. because the people that have signed up, you're paying our salary. Like Bolster B7, welcome aboard again. Yeah, and, and that's why we, we do try to report as much as we can and be very thorough. And uh, we love your feedback with what you like, what you don't like. It helps us to know, you know, again, we're, we're, we're writing for you. And so, uh, 
thank you. Thank you for being on site. And uh, definitely want to make it worth your while. You're paying for it. So that is why we go uh, hopefully above and beyond. And if you aren't paying for it, be sure to sign up. Especially bring this your time. friends. Yeah, bring your friends. Why not? It's a big party. As you can see, you can have fun on the message boards, giving us crap, giving each other crap. And it's cheaper than a uh, than probably two days worth of Starbucks for you. It'll be less than 10 bucks a month. I just had a cup of coffee. Have you mentioned that before? Yeah, I think I have. It's one of my bits. I got a lot of them. Dip, 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 dip. You got a lot of them. We can't take any more shtick. So be sure to sign up at Trojansports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you don't. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Trojansports.com podcast or on Audio Boom and so much more. Or also always just go to Trojansports.com, click the other tab, and click the podcast. You can comment on the podcast as well. Well, that's going to do it for the Tuesday, August 9th edition. Next week will be another week of practice in the books as we get closer and closer to Alabama. We'll talk about it. For Chris Swanson, at Chris P. Swanson, at Adam J. Maya, at me, CMM CMM Spectrum. I butcher my own Twitter handle. Boys, we'll see you next week. You mean it? I do. Be sure to put your pads on. (laughs) Didn't want to tell you that. Dip, 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 dip. Dot, dot, dot. RJQK17. Whoa, Nelly. Say goodnight to the bad guy. I always yeah, say that. Why do I say offensive linebacker? I'm super. Thanks for asking. Please. Please. We can't take any more shtick. Please just tell us, is Peter healthy? Oh, yeah, he's fine. He's just really fat. Oh, thank God. Wait, wait, wait. Hang, hang, hang on a second. Did you just say I was fat? Well, uh, yeah, you, you are pretty fat. Um, okay. This is news to me. Uh... Boy, this is more awkward than having sex with a rhinoceros who doesn't love you anymore. Prayers Hi, go- everybody! <laughs> Harvey. Mm-hmm. It's nice down here, isn't it? Special. Special down here, right? Yes. Because I've actually practiced that in the oh, mirror. come on, you didn't have to little girls. This, like, I want you inside. Uh- <laughs> we, we know you're wearing face paint right now. That's not paint, homeboy. All right, you want to read that one again? Yeah. We're both going to get there. It might take some time, but we're going to get there. You know what I mean? Together? You hope? Well, sometimes. It depends. Remember that time that dude was saying that stuff to you at the bus station? He said, I like what I see. Now, why don't you go into one of those stalls and I'll meet you there? Shut up, buddy. At least I got a candy bar out of the deal. I do me. I do me so hard. Are guys donkeys? Wow. I, know I don't understand why I, Blair's taking it on the face right now. I don't why? get it. Because I know that people want to score. We're finally going to score. <sighs> Thank God. Your son's favorite movie. That was fake excitement. I really I loud. I don't know why. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> I that I'm loud when I'm excited. Anyway, Come on, we're a podcast. We can we can say whatever we <laughs> You're want. You're gonna host this podcast. I've <laughs> uh, been in a cockpit before. No, sir. I've never been up in a plane before. You ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> you thought I, you, were, you were trying to be quiet, hiding the corner, like you were nervous in the shower in gym time, <laughs> and you were just trying to pretend that nobody noticed you. So it some grows of them, and grows. Yeah, it does. Well, I'll show it to you. I'll let you see it grow and grow. Just the tip of the bubba. Oh, yes. It's a big one.
the level of douche that I am. <laughs> you're the magician. I've given you the tools. You know your uh, your Swedish or Norwegian tight ends. I do know Norwegian okay. tight ends. There's no doubt about that. Offensive linebacker and DL. And like I said before, yeah, yeah. The, you're uh, worse yeah. than Nick. <laughs> offensive linebacker. Outside you. linebacker. Excuse me. It's like crack, but cheaper and healthier. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not the ass man. I think there's been a mistake. <laughs> What's your name again? Cosmo Kramer. Cosmo Kramer. You are the ass man. <laughs> the name on the boat. Look at it. Ass man. Yeah, he's the ass man. Jerry, he's the ass man. So, you're the ass man. Cock-a-doodle-doo, Bob. Trojansports.com podcast. Talk to you later. He is the one that sort of whips us, so to speak, back into shape. And I like a good whip once in a while. Motherly touch. So, we missed that, and we probably got off topic. Hey, I could use some GOI surgery. I have a lot to say about seafood, let me tell you. So, I'll let you go first. Lay the wood, as they say, so... Hey, Ryan Reynolds, what are you doing in Cleveland's house? Well, believe it or not, they've decided to shoot my movie in Quahog instead of Newport. I'm playing Hitler, but he's a young Hitler, and he's got a rockin' body. It's called Hotler. Ha! There's only one man in this entire city capable of defrosting Mr. Freeze. Adios. What do you eat there? (laughs) Okay, how's it prepared? I like trainees in San Pedro. You like what um, now? What's it called? <laughs> trainees. Trainees. <laughs> She's naughty. Manganita? Well, then he could play quarterback, too, because I'm sure you like touching, you know, a little, again, a little taint action, too. Wow. Uh, I'm an orange vein kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I'm cool with Puffy. Think so. Enjoy that hot dog, man. That's awesome. I never passed up a good hot dog, boys. <laughs> no, we had a problem. I mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. He's gone. And we couldn't do nothing about it. Cut this part out. I, I'm sorry. I, just, I didn't want to move on until I knew we were done. I'd like to grill my hot dog. Oh, yeah. Galito! Cobra! Attack! That says we released a <laughs> shot. Uh, did I say it was coming, or did I say yeah, it was there? You said it was coming. Well, you guys could have jumped in and said, I think it's there. That would have been funnier. I just did that. Yeah. Three, two, one. This is all staying in. He's gone, and we couldn't do nothing about it. I feel so touched. Blessed. Yes. Hashtag blessed. Haven't you ever seen my naughty late-night party line commercials? Hey, are you lonely? Do you like to party with hot girls? What about horsing around with fat guys? I'm an orange vein kind of guy. Ashman! <laughs> the level of douche that I am. It's like crack, but cheaper and healthier. Just the tip of the bubba. <laughs> <laughs>